Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that would like to clarify the Grinch didn't hate Christmas. He hated people, and that's fair. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. I was going to say you learn one new thing every day, you know, no more or no less. And uh, I guess that's mine for today. (laughs) Yeah, right. Um, so, hey, man, uh, first off, Peter, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks. Our, Merry Christmas to our listeners. This is Christmas week for us. So um, we wish you all a happy holiday. We wish you all safe travels. We wish you all uh, COVID safe thoughts with the new Omicron variant um, spreading across <laughs> the globe. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but if you rearrange the letters in Omicron, you can get it. You can make it spell moronic. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So um, thank you Um, for providing that nugget of knowledge for us. I'm appreciating the subtle Transformer references, but um, no, I definitely agree with the uh, sentiment. Merry Christmas, everybody. Like, I hope you have a great holiday and uh, thanks for nerding out with us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't wait for my Christmas vacation. I have nothing planned other than to sit around, play video games, watch movies. And get some well-deserved rest. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm gonna be off of work for I'm gonna be off work for 12 days. It's gonna be awesome. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Um, do you have any plans for the holidays? Um. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing out of the ordinary. Just kind of uh, celebrating on uh, different days with uh, mine and my wife's, uh, you know, parents and family and stuff like that. But nothing. Uh, Super crazy, you know, just getting together with family, exchanging gifts, you know, all that fun stuff. I wish I had an awesome vacation or something really cool lined up, but (laughs) just your normal boring Christmas stuff, I guess. (laughs) What were you going to say? Is there um, is there one thing that you want for Christmas this year? Um, not really. Like, um, I'm at the point where anything I want that I couldn't buy my for myself, um, just like instantly is just like too expensive that nobody <laughs> nobody's going to want to buy it for me. Like I'm kind of at that point where like I could really use a new laptop or tablet, but, you know, nobody's going <laughs> to buy that for me. So I'm expecting a lot of clothes and stuff like that, which isn't a bad thing either. So, yeah. Um, how about you? Is there anything you're really uh, jonesing for this year? Not really. It's it's bizarre when you get to my when, like you said, when you get to our age. And someone goes, what do you have for Christmas? You're like, well, I don't need anything because if I need something, I go buy it. If I want something, I just go buy it. Like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, exactly. I could give you a list of all the stuff that I want and you could just pick stuff off that list that I haven't already purchased for myself, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like. Even even then, it's like uh, 
I don't know, like you could buy, ask for like all the stuff that's kind of gimmicky or whatever that you wouldn't buy for yourself. Like, oh, I could really use like a new lightsaber. Like that would be pretty sweet. But then that falls it again in the category of nobody's going to actually buy this for me. So it is what it is. Well, it was funny. I, I asked, uh, I asked, there was a couple books I asked for and, you know, like, it's just like, well, I was going to buy this. So and like, there's, oh, there's this thing I wanted. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I've found a few things to tell people, but not nothing, anything like big, like the one thing, like I can't wait to get, you know? know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, how about this, man? Uh, have you done any watching, reading? Let's get this show going. <laughs> yeah, my uh, watching and reading has been pretty Christmassy as well, I guess you could say, um, because I've pretty much just caught up on Hawkeye. Uh, I haven't really watched or read anything else, but uh, I'm really loving the show and I'm pretty sure you're caught up on it as well. So I don't know if you want to talk about that yet or if you have a I couple am. other things you want to go through first. Well, yeah, let's save that for just a moment. Um, have you? Uh, is there anything else you watched, or are you just watching Hawkeye? <laughs> Pretty much just Hawkeye, honestly. Unfortunately, but yeah, that's cool. Um, well, in terms of new stuff, the uh, Cobra Kai season four trailer dropped today. Um, it comes out uh, December thirty. The season four drops on Netflix December thirty first. I can't wait for it. The trailer looks awesome. Um, so I watched that literally about an hour before we hopped on the air. Um, I know you're not, you're not watching Cobra Kai, are you? Yeah, I, I haven't watched it at all. I hear great things, but yeah, I just haven't <laughs> jumped on that train. It, it, is, it is great. You should. Uh, so yeah, I was really <laughs> excited about that. Um, I was really, I, there was news that the Halo TV series trailer drops today. And I was looking all over the place for it because I'm like, we have to watch this so we can talk about it. Bizarrely enough, the Halo television series trailer is dropping during the video game awards, which are airing at the time while we're recording this right now. So oh, nice. <laughs> as soon as we get done, I'm going to be hopping. I'm going to the first thing I'm going to do is see if I can watch the Halo television series trailer. Um, Sweet. In terms of playing things, um, Halo Infinite, uh, the multiplayer dropped a couple weeks ago. I, we talked about that. Um, Halo Infinite, the campaign dropped this week. So that has taken a lot of my attention because it's been like come home from work and it's time Halo time. Uh, the game is fantastic right now. I'm very pleased with it. Um, yeah, feels like coming home, actually, like in terms of Halo. It just feels like it feels like a perfect blend of like the original and the new. It's like awesome. It's like such a good feel. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just really happy with it overall. Um a friend of mine, uh, I found out, has never seen Die Hard. So uh, they, she came over and we sat down like and watched Die Hard last night. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> which was such a fun watch through. Um, and the big verdict at the end, I, I said, uh, verdict at the end, I want to know if it's a Christmas movie or not. And she says, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> nice. So, um yeah, it was great. And then uh, it was really funny because my wife was sitting there and she said that she was, I don't think I've ever actually watched this movie. And I just kind of looked at her like, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so the three the three of us watched uh, Die Hard together. And then at the end, uh, she looked at me and said, so do we have Die Hard 2? <laughs> nice. Um, we did not do a double feature, but it was nice to see that she wanted to watch more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's great. So, yeah, um, overall, it's been good. Um, that's what I got in terms of my watch and reading stuff. Um, I, I, I always say reading, um, but like right now, it's just I'm reading comics and that's primarily my reading and like D&D lore because um, I'm building campaigns and work on, you know, those kind of projects. Um, uh, there's a couple of books I ordered and a couple of books I asked for Christmas. So maybe that'll change my reading habits, I guess, a little bit. But we'll see what happens. Nice. Uh, Let's talk Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, so, what do you think of the our? Were you behind at all when why we were so, talking last week? Last week, I hadn't watched the newest episode, um, but we record on Thursdays and the show drops on Wednesdays, so it's not like I was that far behind. But we've only talked about the first two episodes so far. Oh, okay. So yeah. three, four. Here we go. Yeah, because we hadn't talked about. I, I knew the girl was Echo, and you're like, well, I don't know who this is. Um, <laughs> so, so let's talk about uh, Maya Lopez or Echo or that first episode, uh, seeing uh, a deaf uh, Marvel character. Um, I thought that was a really cool, amazing episode. Um, Absolutely. It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, just a f- quick fun fact. Uh, found out that she is deaf in real life, and so unfortunately mm-hmm. she cannot listen to our show, but um, – uh, I thought it was fantastic. So if you have someone who can tell you, I, we love what you're doing. We love the work so far. Um, and I did find out that uh, Jeremy Renner and several of the cast members learned uh, ALS so they could communicate with her on set and for having the signing correct on camera uh, while they were. That's doing. awesome. I thought that was even. I thought that was really cool. So mm-hmm. um, while we're. Well, I was going to say, while we're talking about that, the way they've portrayed like um, just like deafness and as well as um, as far as like Hawkeye's concerned like loss of hearing and stuff the way they've portrayed it in the show is actually they've done some really creative stuff with the sort of cinematography and sound design that i've just really been appreciating overall um so yeah i've definitely been digging that aspect of everything but i think you're going to ask next like just as a whole how have i been feeling about these new episodes um and to that i would say i really freaking love this show like like this I know I said it last week and it was a little bit of a hyperbolic uh, shiny new toy syndrome uh, sort of situation. But I think this is my favorite uh, Disney plus Marvel show they've released so far. Um, I really loved WandaVision, but I think that because the first three episodes of WandaVision were so slow, I think Hawkeye just edges it out uh, just barely. But I, I've been really, really digging the show. I think uh, all the character development they have in the show is very uh, they have like a really good way of keeping everything super engaging and uh, interesting. And I think there's the whole um, there's a whole mystery involved with um, uh, Kate Bishop's uh, mother's fiance. Like what is, what does he have going on as as well as the um, just all the different organized crime sort of stuff going on? And there's a lot of just cool mysteries in there. Um, but then the action's just great. And uh, even the more quiet moments. Uh, the third episode had one of the coolest chase scenes I've ever seen. And even though at certain points, the special effects, like some of the CG was a little bit spotty. I just had so much fun with that chase scene, especially in a series like Hawkeye, because Hawkeye, I was expecting a lot of like super real 
realistic fight scenes. And it's really cool to see the more superhero-y, you know, supercharged sort of fight scenes like that chase scene, like all the different trick arrows. And then when there's the uh, the arrow loaded with the pim particles and how that whole aspect plays out. Like, I just had a blast um, with both of these episodes. So it's kind of it's one of those things where I honestly just caught up with a fourth episode today. So everything is a little bit fresh to me and I don't know what all to say, but I'm just I'm really loving the show overall. Uh, Drew, I don't know what your thoughts are uh, on the show so far. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up the pin there, the pin particle arrows, too, uh, because that was just that was so amazing. Uh, just to yeah. See- um, but the thing about the car chase in episode three was uh, how so I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie Children of Men? <laughs> no, but I was talking to a coworker about Hawkeye earlier today, and uh, they also referenced Ch- Children of Men. And I hadn't seen the movie, but I <laughs> just didn't mention that I, I hadn't seen the movie earlier. But oh. um, no, that's uh, yeah, I, I definitely have heard this comparison a little bit. But what is were you going to say? Because I don't know exactly car, what it is. There's a car chase scene where there's a, it's a car full of people and they have to do and the camera's got a pan. Crazy, like single camera break, break pan where they just spin the cam- somehow the camera spins in the car and you see yeah. every angle and you're thinking to yourself, how d- how did they film this? How did they get the camera guy to sit there? How did they like you're, you're there's, a, there's a complete wonder of how they did it. And it's one of those shots that makes people get into the industry because they got to know how it works. Um, and Hawkeye took that and turned it up to 11 and because the camera went one way and then the car spun and the camera continued to turn. Yeah. And it's like it's like a two minute tracking shot. I think it's a long track uh, where the camera doesn't break and it's just catching bit by bit of cars crashing into each other and slamming into the car that's speeding away. And him mm-hmm. and her like in the front seat, like grabbing for arrows. And then the camera would spin back and you'd see the next vehicle and the guy would sh- like it was incredible. And it was just it had me at the edge of my seat and I loved it. Um, there was a moment uh, just during that shot that was so smooth. And I don't know if it was the part where the car spins around, but there's one moment where I remember the camera was facing out of it might have been when the car spun around because there's one moment where the camera's facing or, like the rear of the car. But the transition was so smooth, I forgot which way the camera was facing. And it was just kind of it was a really cool moment because it kind of it had me on the edge of my seat and caught me off guard, which is the best thing with, uh, in my opinion, with like a crazy action see- uh, sequence in a movie when it's not predictable and kind of catches you off guard at moments. I love that stuff. And that was just a cool moment because then when the camera turned back around and then you're facing uh, Kate and uh, Hawkeye again, I was just like, oh, OK, yeah, <laughs> we were looking out of the rear of the car. I forgot for a second. So I just really appreciated right. that. But uh no, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was those are my big takeaways from episode three. Um, episode four. Uh, first off, I loved the hey, we're having to have a Christmas party and talk through our new uh, our little adventure and try you know that kind of thing. And he's going to teach her some cool stuff like the bottle cap uh, flick and um, <laughs> you know she's going to like draw our little conspiracy board with the. Uh, permanent marker on the thing. You know what I mean? There were some funny moments like that. I was really hoping that when she said I brought movies, um, it was going to be Die Hard. But if you pause, those are all Disney movies that are Disney owned films. Oh. I thought was funny. 
Um, yeah, I saw the Santa actually, Claus in there, but or actually, those might, and I'd have to go back and look, but those might all be movies that are on Disney Plus <laughs> specifically. Um, yeah, which made me laugh. Um, but I want to talk uh, two takeaways from the episode that really uh, caught me off guard. We'll talk about Yelena first. Uh, seeing Yelena from Black Widow. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <feedback>. <laughs> um, what? Oh, I just said spoilers, but I mean, obviously, yeah. we're going to go in depth. Yeah, I'm, episode, I'm sorry. So. <laughs> you're behind. You're behind. Like, that, that's, you know, if you don't watch, if you're not watching the Marvel shows right away, you're you're doing yourself a disservice. But anyway, so you're this, there's no safe territory, in my opinion. There's a spoiler embargo on a movie where, like, Spider-Man's going to drop and no one's going to be allowed to talk about it till Monday. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how all that's going to work out either. So right, I know, like that, I know. But um, as far as the Marvel shows go, if you're not watching up to date, you're kind of you're missing out anyway. So I don't really care. Um, so yeah, Yolena's back. I think we all knew that. I think we're all waiting for it. Um, I'm really excited because I believe Hawkeye's only six episodes, like the other shows. So that means we got two episodes left, and if Yolena's going to be in both of them, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. I can't to see where that goes. And then the other takeaway was, did you see Hawkeye's mug when he got up in the morning? Maybe. Refresh my Kate Bishop crashed at his place and Hawkeye got up and got himself a cup of coffee. And right before she walked in the room, he took a drink of the coffee and the mug said, Thanos is right. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I obviously, Remember the urinal graffiti from the first episode that said Thanos was right, but I didn't catch it on the coffee mug, which is yeah. really hilarious. <laughs> um, it was great. So, yeah, I can't wait for more Hawkeye. Um, it's just it's such a fun show. And I think it's funny that people, you know, have criticized Hawkeye because he's not like a super powered character, but he's he's such a great like I've always liked him in the movies, but I mean, it's just it, his character gets better and better. So. Yeah, and I feel like the movies just because he's he almost always appears with the other Avengers. And uh, most of the time he's like, you know, you see kind of highlights of different fight scenes where Hawkeye does something cool. But I feel like in the movies, you only really get a taste for like just Hawkeye action sequences and everything he can do. And I've really been appreciating this. This show can have, you know long chase scenes and fight scenes where we can really see a lot more of Hawkeye's moves. Um, and, you know, I've always really liked um, just Archer characters in general. Like I think of the show arrow and I think part of the reason I got so into that is because, I mean, I've always liked archers. Um, I like green arrow, but I also like Robin hood and seeing a character like that in a modern setting, I think is really interesting. And it's just cool that this show has uh, like, it has a lot, out of really realistic fight scenes, but that chase scene in episode three just blew me away with how, how fantastical it really got. Um, going back to the fourth episode, um, Yelena showing up at the end, just awesome. That was such a good clincher. And, uh, I guess I've just been enjoying this show so much because I kind of stopped thinking of it while watching it. I wasn't thinking of, you know, analyzing it and thinking like, how is this going to connect to every other Marvel movie and stuff? So, when she showed up, it was a bit of a surprise to me. But at the same time, it was, well, I should have seen that coming. But I was still so into the show that it did it did have a bit of that surprise, uh, you know, that surprising energy for me, which was pretty great. When and did, uh, oh, just be. Oh, what was that? When did you realize that the character of the Black Mask was Yolena? 
pretty much when she took the mask off, to be honest. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. As soon as she and fired- I should I should kind of release realized it before then i think but it was the first black widow dart that got shot okay so like because black widow's got those wrist gauntlet or whatever that shoot those like electro darts or whatever yeah the first one that got shot i was like it's yolana like i was just immediately awesome i I sat up i'm like yes here we go (laughs) so to be honest um and i don't know if it was just the screen i was watching it but that uh fight scene on the roof at the end i thought was was pretty dark and there's certain oh, yeah. moments where I couldn't really tell what was going on. And that was honestly one of those moments. Cause I remember rewinding it and rewatching it. And I even turned the uh, brightness up on my TV, but I still couldn't make it all out. And like I said, it could just be the screen I was watching it on. Um, but that's, that was, I, I remember that point specifically. I was just like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> sort of thing. Yeah. But, uh, I definitely see how, like, I probably should have seen that coming. Um, Another thing I was going to say is uh, just since you were bringing up the Children of Men uh, comparison from episode three in episode four, when uh, Kate gets stuck on the uh, zip line at the end, I kind of got a uh, Home Alone flashback. Like, I feel like <laughs> does Kevin get stuck on the zip line in Home Alone, two, Or is that just something I'm imagining? He does not. So he doesn't. OK, because it just seemed like it was like straight out of the Home Alone movies for some reason and since this is a series that centers around christmas i thought maybe that's a parallel that but i guess i was just filling in gaps that i wish i was there (laughs) but uh regardless i also like the last thing i'll say is i do love that this is a christmas centered show because i think it's almost going to have a lot of rewatchability because i feel like next year around christmas you might be you know, in that mood where you're like, I want to watch Hawkeye season one because it put me in the Christmas spirit. And uh, that's just really great. Yeah. So, yeah, um, absolutely. Well, um, do you want to cover some news? I don't know if there's anything else to say about Hawkeye, like until we see the next I mean, up. we'll keep we'll keep talking about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that works for me. Cool. All right. Let's talk some news. Um, all right. So we got a bunch of stuff. Some of these are quick. Hits. <laughs> um, how about here's a real quick hit for you. Um, Cowboy Bebop's canceled. Yeah, I heard. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I looked at it. I looked a little bit deeper into this because it's not the only show that got that Netflix has dropped pretty quick. Uh, Netflix has a thing where they are. um, There's a little bit of mixed reviews on Cowboy Bebop, but there's also a viewership thing uh, where if it's not getting the viewers, they're dropping the show. Um, and that's kind of yeah. how they're handling stuff. And they got a lot of like other live action anime stuff coming. I was really enjoying the show. I'm going to finish it out um, because I was really enjoying it. And I liked the And I liked the source material. But um, I just thought it was like, oh, well, that was fun and easy lived. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of uh, I haven't watched any of uh, this Cowboy Bebop show yet, but um, it kind yeah. of reminds me of a week or two ago. We were talking about the last duel and how that was actually a flop, which kind of seems crazy for how good it looked and that it's a Ridley Scott film. And I haven't really yeah. seen a lot of his films that I haven't liked, um, to be honest. Um, but it's it's just one of those things that maybe just because something has low viewership doesn't mean that it's not good. So maybe yeah. maybe this show will go on to be a cult classic. And you never know nowadays, like 
canceled shows sometimes come back from the dead. I mean, Futurama and Family Guy have both done it countless times. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, as of now, the show is canceled, which is depending on what side of the argument you're sitting. uh, It's either bad to hear or good to hear. I'm not going to comment on that at all. (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that it was uh, that it was canceled for sure. Yeah. Um, All right. Next quick hit. Venom three in the works. Nice. Uh, I think we all knew that was going to be a thing, but hey, it's officially confirmed that it's in the works. Um, Spider-Man, the next Spider-Verse film, the title has been revealed um, and it is very eye opening. It's a very when when you hear the title, you're going to go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But there's part of it that's very eye opening, in my opinion. It'll be titled Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part One. Okay, uh, nice. The, the eye-opening part is the part one, <laughs> obviously. Okay. <laughs> um, because I was like, oh, um, we're getting two more at the very least. Um, so that it's, it's kind of like this. Um, when they announced, when Halo 4 got announced, I remember they the, it was very vividly at, um, at the press conference. They were like, and now we're going to show you a trailer for a brand new, a brand new game that will kick off a new trilogy from X whatever studio. And it was the Halo 4 trailer. And I remember my phone exploding from people going, dude, Halo 4 is coming. And I go, yeah, five and six. And they're like, what are you talking about? I go, they said trilogy, (laughs) you know. Um, So that's where, like, when I read the Spider-Verse trailer, I was like, oh, cross Spider-Verse. Yeah. Wait, part one. You know, so (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. But at the same time, I'm still waiting for history of the world part two. So it is what it is. (laughs) <laughs> it is what it is. Um, okay. Uh, let's. Did we talk? I can't remember because I remember flagging it, and then I was like, and then I think we had too much news, so I never brought it up. Did we talk about them having a penguin solo spinoff series on HBO Max? For, I would, do not think so. Okay, so HBO Max is planning because they have the Matt, uh, Michael Reeves Batman film coming, The Batman with Robert Pattinson. There will be an HBO Max spinoff series um, focusing around the Penguin. It's Crazy. too bad. It's too bad there wasn't another show that focused very heavily <laughs> on the Penguin. I think yeah, it, absolutely. I think there was this show called Gotham. <laughs> um, at any I was rate. thinking the same thing. Aren't they doing like a Pennyworth series or something? And I was kind of well, thinking that. There is a Pennyworth series. I've not watched it because I don't. Yeah. It's just it, the problem with me. The only reason I haven't watched it is, yes, much as I'm a Batman fan, there's no Batman in that. You know, yeah. like, it's not it's not Batman. And at the end of the day, I want Batman. On this. <laughs> so I feel um, like that a lot, too, because there's I feel like it happens a lot where they're like, we're going to do this, this series that's connected to this character, you know, and love. But the character is not going to be in it and it's all going to be about the side characters. And then you're just like, well, what the heck? I just want to see Batman, you know, so I definitely <laughs> hear you there. Right. Well, um, the good news about this Penguin series, if this really does happen, it could just be a one season, like a six episode thing like they're doing over in Marvel. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, we're gonna do these spinoff series because we're building a connected universe. I don't know. Um, and just because um, they're focusing on the Penguin doesn't mean the Batman can't be in it. Because and the reason I say this is because um, this is uh, focusing on the penguin that appears in the Batman film. So Colin Farrell will be coming back 
play the Penguin for that show. Oh, nice. So that could mean we get a Penguin centric show and then Batman could be in it. I, who knows? Um, when you land and when you land a role at the comic book companies, you kind of get you kind of get to hang in there for a while. Um, and speaking of hanging in there for a while, Charlie Cox will return as Marvel's Daredevil officially confirmed. <laughs> nice. Um, it's no longer just a rumor. <laughs> it's no longer just a rumor. And the thing about this, which I find very weird, is um, hold on a second. So, yeah. All right. Kevin Feige confirms. There's a specific quote I'm looking for. I flagged the quote because it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. OK. Um, yes. OK. Here it is. So this is the, the reason I think this is interesting. There were rumors for a really long time that we will see Charlie Cox as Daredevil in Spider-Man No Way Home. OK. Yeah. And then they make this statement. Charlie Cox will return as Marvel's Daredevil. And I was like, sweet. Actual confirmation. We don't know if he's in the movie yet, but that was a big rumor. So. Will Charlie Cox be in the movie is a good question. The thing that caught my attention that maybe says he might not be is this quote by Kevin Feige. If you were to see Daredevil and upcoming things, Charlie Cox, yes, would be the actor playing Daredevil. Um, how we see that, when we see that remains to be seen. OK, fair enough. So that makes me think that. He's either trying to lead us off the course and we're not going to see him in the Spider-Man movie or he's for sure the Daredevil going forward. But we don't know where we're going to put him in yet. Yeah, I kind of could see it going either way, because, yes, it remains to be seen by the general public because Spider-Man No Way Home hasn't released yet. (laughs) I guess I'm just thinking about everything cryptically because I was just. When I heard that quote, I was like, well, it could go that way. You know, it could be, you know, face level like, yeah, we're not sure where to even put him within the MCU, but it might be some cryptic sort of thing. So I'm not really sure. Well, since we're on Kevin Feige, I'll use that as a segue for this. Kevin Feige on talking about Venom coming to the MCU. Have you seen Venom and Carnage yet? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, about the bonus scene with uh, Tom Holland at the end. Um, Quote from Kevin, quote from Kevin Feige. You look at the obvious uh, comic conglomerate uh, concoctions between Venom and Spider-Man, and it's in, and it is inherent. So the minute Sony made their Venom movie and it worked as well as it did, and Tom Hardy became iconic and as he has become as Venom, then the obvious question is, how do we start to merge them? Which means okay. Kevin Feige, it's <laughs> Kevin Feige saying that's. The way I take that is Kevin Feige is going to say as very little as humanly possible because he can't say anything. But he has these interesting quotes that make us as an audience member sit back and go, all right, you guys are thinking about it. And that's a good thing. And that's all we need. right? Now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, he's kind of answers a lot of questions with questions, but it might give you a hint at what's to come. But at the same time, he's almost like. He's almost leading us into thinking more about the things that really matter and uh, not thinking so much about the things that don't. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely just a really interesting way that he handles these questions, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the thing that matters in that statement is they're thinking about it. And when you listen to the quote, it's very clear that they're thinking about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. All right. Next quick hit. Ooh, we're actually rolling through news faster than I thought. <laughs> All right. Uh, Well, I was going to say, just to go back to Venom, I mean, they did have 
ever since I saw that post credit scene in Venom, uh, let there be carnage. I thought they were thinking about it, you know, <laughs> so right. at the same time, I, like, yeah, you're not presenting a lot of new information, but, uh, yeah, keep going. What, yeah. uh, what were you saying? Oh, just Shang-Chi sequel in the works. I don't think we didn't, okay. I don't think we were surprised that that wasn't coming, but Hey, Shang-Chi is coming. Yeah. Um, Patty Jenkins has apparently been pulled off of the director role from uh, her Cleopatra movie. She'll now go into a producer role for the Cleopatra movie and will get back to work on Rogue Squadron. So Rogue Squadron has officially been unshelved. Um, This made me very happy. (laughs) This made me very happy to hear, but I'm still not 100% sure because I don't know if the source that I found this from is 100% reliable. Okay. So I'm saying take this with a grain of salt. Hopefully it's true. But I saw several other people report it. But I was also like, I'm not sure where the original source is. So I'm still kind of like fingers crossed, hoping it's true. But I don't want to, like, shoot myself in the mouth by saying, hey, this is a thing uh, when it could be. But basically reports surface recently reported service of the next Star Wars movie. Patty Jenkins Star Wars Rogue Squadron has been scrapped, blah, 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 which includes. And then it says and then as you can continue reading down. It is being brought back into production because she has changed her role with the Cleopatra film. Um, so awesome. Nice. Um, <laughs> good news for you. Browncoats fan out there. Um, those of you who have been pining for Firefly. <laughs> Disney plus is going to bring Firefly back. Um, hmm. So. It was a huge series back when it was on Fox. And I it was funny when I was like, Disney Plus, oh yeah, Disney Plus bought Fox. Disney bought Fox, so they own Firefly now. So Firefly is going to be coming to Disney Plus. Because they're doing this, there's a chance the original Firefly might end up on Disney Plus to stream. But yeah. um there it but it sounds like from what I'm reading here, uh this comes from movieweb.com. Uh it sounds like from the article I was reading uh, it might be a full reboot, like a full retell, like not like a retelling, but a hundred percent reboot of the series. Um, so it could be new characters. It could be just recasting and then going from there. Like, I don't know. It just sounds like a constraint, like starting over point. Um, and that's going to be interesting to, to see how the fans react to that, to be honest. Yes, yes it will. Um, um, it, it also makes me wonder, is Joss Whedon going to be involved at all because nope. i don't know he's I don't been know what the general pretty, consensus about joss whedon is at the moment joss, to be honest joss whedon has been pretty much blacklisted from hollywood and altogether that's uh, how i felt too so then when i heard firefly i was a little bit surprised and kind of curious how that's gonna all well, play out but you gotta remember disney owns it so it might yeah. not have anything to do with joss whedon disney owns the property so <laughs> Which, again, that'll be interesting to see how the Firefly fan base reacts to that as well. (laughs) Right. Um, All right. Let's talk about let's talk about some horror stuff real quick. Stan Stan Lee's horror creations to launch new cinematic universe. Um, Stan Lee didn't just do Marvel Comics. He did a whole bunch of creature like. Yeah independent stuff. He started after he left Marvel and was basically in his retirement. He started a whole nother um, comic book company uh, to just write comics and tell stories that he just felt like telling. Um, So uh, they're going to do two shows 
Um, it looks like they're all going. It looks like they're going to Netflix. I think. Hang on a second. It's for this POW Entertainment. Uh, okay, this article does not have a studio lined up. I think it's Netflix though. Um, so the first one is. Okay, hold on. Uh, Sawbones and then Carnival of Killers. Those are the two he's doing. And I don't know if you know anything. I don't know if you know anything about those properties. So Sawbones is about a 12-year-old um, Alex Coven who reads a mysterious comic book that transports him into its terrifying world, one containing a haunted juvenile detention center overrun by demonic forces. Um, these forces follow Sawbones, a homicidal entity that preys upon the troubled inmates. And Alex wonders if he's losing his mind and all that stuff. <laughs> but it's possible this nightmarish world and this new reality if he's to escape. Um, I just thought that was that's kind of cool sounding. And the second yeah. pro- and the second project is called Carnival of Killers. Um, they set the story amid the Dust Bowl storms that ravaged the American Great Plains in the Depression era of the 1930s, and it centers around a young girl with psychic abilities. And she senses that the traveling carnival and her uh, that she and her mother sought refuge in is a launch pad is a launching pad for an alien invasion. Um, either well, either way, in the realm of comic book horror stuff, that just sounds, they both sound just bonkers and entertaining as hell. So <laughs> No, I agree. They both sound really cool. Um, I actually really like the names for both series. Like, you just hear the names, uh, either Carnival of Killers or Saw Bones, and you're just kind of like, yeah, that sounds like a show I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I was going to say, I'm really not familiar with uh, either of these comics, though. Um, I know that Stan Lee, um, even before doing like all the Marvel superheroes that we know and love, I guess he did dabble in like horror comics and monster comics and stuff. And when you look at characters like the Hulk or the Thing or even aspects of like Spider-Man, even there's kind of a sort of like monster or horror story parallels you can you know, you can draw, you know, when you have these characters who become monstrous or maybe they get these powers that they don't necessarily want to have. Um, and I I've just heard people talk about how Stan Lee drew direct inspiration from his horror comic work and brought that into superheroes, which is really cool. But admittedly, that whole aspect of Stan Lee is a big blind spot for me because I haven't really read any of it myself. So this is just a cool, exciting you know, group of shows coming out. So I definitely want to keep my eye on this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so is there any, uh, particular like comic book character or like fantasy thing that helped you, uh, choose your child's name? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, and you, you my son's to, name. Do you want me to elaborate or you, you can if you want? Um, I there's a there's a reason I bring this up. So it, feel free to elaborate if you feel like elaborating. Well, I mean, my son's name is Oliver, so he's named after uh, Oliver Queen. Um, but it's also we just liked the name, the way the name sounded and stuff. And yeah. I think it's gone on to suit his personality really well and stuff like that. But uh, no, yeah. where were you going with this? Well, several pe- several people in the world do this. And uh, when. um. So in the Twilight Saga, um, when Bella and Edward have a child near the end of the series, um, but by the way, I'm not a Twilight fan. I just keep up with my pop culture. Anyway, 
um, they have a child and they name the girl, they name their daughter Renesme. And when I heard that name, I thought, oh, my God, I feel so sorry for the children of the Twilight Generation fans <laughs> who are going to name their kids Renesme. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, the reason I bring this up is whether uh, someone actually did that in Twilight or not. Someone in the UK has named their child Thanos this year. <laughs> uh, We're all doomed. <laughs> I know. One baby has been named Thanos, while there has also been a rise in Loki, Thor, and Sylvie for baby names. Um, nice. And I just was like, wow, I just wouldn't expect Thanos. Um, so, yeah, I, it, I totally newsworthy in my opinion. Um, in all seriousness, it is pretty eerie with the Thanos comparison and knowing just in general the crazy state our world has been in the last few years. And then you throw how, I don't know, in the Infinity War storyline, like Thanos took out half of the universe's population in reaction to like basically a uh, environmental crisis <laughs> and some of these stories like it's kind of like a cute baby name story but then you start thinking about it and stuff starts getting too real and kind of creeps you out a little bit so <laughs> i can leave it at that but it's just i don't know <laughs> right, try not well, to think too much about baby thanos i guess well, that is a phenomenal segue dude the things creeping you out because um there's a story that hit the news this week that really caught my attention and was very scary. Um, um, this is uh, I found this on IGN.com. Um, living robots called Xenobots can now reproduce. So here, check this out. Xenobots, which were created using stem cells from the African clawed frog, work together, and self-heal. They reproduce by harvesting loose stem cells and gathering them into piles, which can then mature into more xenobots. Okay. Cool. <laughs> what I'm going to say to this is this is how the matrix begins. <laughs> this is how machines take over. You don't give a, you don't make an AI and then give it the ability to reproduce on its own. That just sounds dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know if you have any takeaways from that, but that like <laughs> that's my science story for the week. No, it's definitely you think about the Matrix, you think about um, just from the name, you think about the Xenomorphs, <laughs> especially when they're using living like stem cell tissue to reproduce. And you're like, what is this going to evolve into? <laughs> and then um, I don't know. This is just a yeah, this is a creepy story. It's really like. It almost feels like the cat's out of the bag. Like this almost seems like a force that we can't stop. <laughs> and I don't know where this is going to head to, but it's definitely going to uh, help me lose sleep, if nothing else. Yep. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Let's take a brief look at ahead to 2022. OK, this is the last right. story of the night. This is one of those situations where you think to yourself, everything is content. There's too much content. I can't keep up with the content. And um, I it's I'm so glad I listen to podcasts to keep up with it for me because, well, their wallets hurt and not mine. Are you ready to listen to what's what is about to hit our plate for the year of 2022 full slate? 
Yes, I am content with that. <laughs> okay. The television shows on this list do not have release dates yet. So, for example, Obi-Wan Kenobi, we just we know it's coming in 2022. We just don't know when they're dropping it. So the TV yeah. shows are all the TV shows are all to be announced. But I have from May, from January all the way to December, I'll give you the entire movie slate that's going to really kill our wallets. And they're just the big hits. But here's the TV right. show. Here's the TV shows first, because um, they're all they don't have release dates. Marvel's Secret Invasion, Marvel's Miss Marvel, Marvel's She-Hulk, Marvel's Moon Knight, Star Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Star Wars, Andor. All Sweet. in 2022. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> Basically, I can't watch anything but Disney Plus is what I've learned. Um, as far as movies go, okay, starting in January all the way to December. Here we go. You ready for this? Yes. Because you're gonna you're gonna cry when you hear this list, and you're gonna go you're gonna look at your wallet and go, oh crap! All right, <laughs> we got Morbius, Uncharted, The Batman, um, Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore, Sonic the Hedgehog two, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Top Gun Maverick, John Wick four, um, DC's Super Pets, Jurassic World three, The Buzz Lightyear show which I thought was interesting that it didn't fall into the show's list, but that's all right. Um, mm. Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Adam, um, Spider-Man, um, Across the Spider-Verse, The Flash, um, Black Panther 2, Wakanda Forever, Avatar 2, if that's a real thing, um, The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, and Aquaman 2. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's there's a lot of stuff coming out, which is awesome. But, yeah, like you said, our wallets are going to be hurting. Um, I guess I'm just going to keep it. Keep looking at the positive side of things, though, is we just had. Well, I mean, 2021 wasn't as bad, but the past two years have been a little bit lower in content releases. And it's kind of cool to see it come back with a vengeance. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts about this lineup? <laughs> uh, it is an amazing lineup. And you, some some years you have years where like, oh, not a lot of big stuff hit. And then because of COVID pushing everything back, it's big stuff after big stuff after big stuff. after Like yeah. everything is like scrambling for release dates. Um, what I'm excited about is there's movies like Top Gun that I've been dying to see for two years now that kept getting pushed because of COVID. Um and there's other stuff in there that I'm just like super excited to see. So I look at it this way. I'm so excited for that lineup. My wallet's going to hurt, but um, we're going to be here talking about it because my butt's going to be in a seat for every one of those movies as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, yeah, I mean, DC Super Pets, I might wait till it gets on streaming, but I'm still gonna, <laughs> I, I still will watch it because the trailers <laughs> looks good. And I know my kid wants nice. to watch it. So. Yeah. Anyway. Nice. Um, you want to talk about the list tonight, man? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, dude. Uh, Ryan, uh, it's list time, so do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Peter, this is uh, – we were originally going to do a completely different list. Um, because if you listen to last week's episode, we were talking about sword fights. We were going to talk about our favorite sword fights in film and television. Yeah. Um, and then we realized we had to re record a Christmas episode because it was going to be our Christmas week. <laughs> so 
Um, if you remember from last week, we're pushing the sword fight list off to next week. Uh, so we'll be talking about sword fights next week. And then so that'll be that's essentially my pick tonight. We're going to be talking Christmas stuff. And in the behind the scenes of the podcast, Peter and I uh, kind of were batting around ideas. And um, some of these things we've talked about in the past, but I just thought it'd be kind of cool to go over the uh, what do we feel we need to watch for it to feel like Christmas? Because when you think about all the streaming stuff on television, you know, um, you know, Christmas Story runs for 24 hours on TBS. And then uh, I saw that TNT ran a uh, 24 hour marathon on Thanksgiving of a Christmas vacation. And then nice. <laughs> um, and then some places, you know, some people have to watch Die Hard. Some people have to watch Hallmark. Some people have, you know, everyone has their things they want to, you know, your whether Home Alone movies, that kind of thing. They want to see these things around Christmas time because it just it's nostalgic and it makes you feel for the holidays. So yeah, um, the Hallmark our, movies get a little bit tedious, but um, I have heard about how Hallmark subscriptions go through the roof just for Christmas season because people literally watch the Hallmark movie every day, which to me is, like I said, is pretty tedious. But if that's if you enjoy that, that's awesome for you. <laughs> have you watched any of the Hallmark movies? I've maybe one or two, but I don't know I, if it's my cup of tea, but yeah, I've walked through the room a few times when they've been on, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I've and I've watched uh, I've watched one from beginning to end. I will be honest about that. Um, and it's the and it's a recent one too. They had Christopher Lloyd and Leah Thompson. And I thought to myself, Oh, awesome! Back to the Future reunion. Absolutely. That's how they hooked you to watch it because they never shared any screen time. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. That's great. They were in two separate areas of the story altogether, and they never shared screen time. So you're just like, Nah, you got me. Um, That's funny. All right. So, Peter, what do we uh, who wants to go first, man? Because this is kind of a joint list. So you want to go first? So, or go first. I don't really care. Oh, it doesn't matter. I have two honorable mentions. I don't know if that helps decide uh, at all or not. Same here. OK. Um, I guess. I, yeah, I don't I don't know if you want to flip a coin on this or if you want to go first, because next week's your list. I'm not really sure what's best. <laughs> you know what? That's that's a really good point. OK, so um, <laughs> I'm going to go first and I'm going to say anything on Hallmark is going to be my first honorable mention. Oh, awesome. Um, the reason <laughs> I say that it's not because I watch it. It's because it's on in my house a lot for background noise around the holidays. So it's just but when you're walking through the living room and it's on, it's Christmas stuff. It's just Christmas themed yeah. things. It's just Christmas imagery, Christmas songs, all that stuff. So talking about Santa Claus, talking about all these things. So it's just kind of a thing that it's on and it just makes me feel like Christmas. However, they do run those movies in July because of Christmas in July. But specifically this time <laughs> of year, <laughs> specifically this time of year. So anything on Hallmark is a honorable mention on this one. So. And and I will say, I didn't mean to disparage the Hallmark movies so much. I just I find it entertaining that. Hallmark is some people's lifestyle, you know, during the month of December every year. But I do enjoy the ambiance of those movies, like even though I don't watch them all very intently, like if I'm like you said, wandering through a room while that one of those movies is being played, I do enjoy the Christmassy atmosphere um, and stuff like that. And they're always 
they always take place in these really picturesque, beautiful towns. So I just enjoy the atmosphere and the architecture and stuff in the movies is kind of a cool thing to take away from it. <laughs> I feel like I'm overcompensating a little bit because I didn't want to disparage the movies too much. But yeah, I, I hear you. Hallmark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, what's the first honorable mention? Yeah, so my first one, and this one will make you laugh. Um, I went with the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> And this is not a uh, this isn't something that I have to watch every year. But what it is, is if I'm at a holiday party and nobody's manning the TV and I get the remote, I like to put the holiday special on, which you can find. <laughs> you can find it uploaded to YouTube in a couple different places. And the reason why I like to put this on is because it's the perfect thing that. People will walk through the room and be like, oh, they're watching Star Wars. And then they'll, you know, double take like <laughs> their head turns back to the TV and just what the heck am I watching? And I just love <laughs> that it weirds people out. So I honestly haven't even watched all the way through the holiday special. But it is it's just that thing. Like, it's funny to put on just to see people's reactions. You know what I mean? That's really funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Um well, my next, my second honorable mention tonight is uh, Home Alone one and two. Uh, I don't watch beyond Home Alone one and two. Um, like I've seen, I've <laughs> yeah. seen, I've seen three. I. I've seen three, not the best. And I want to watch the new one on Disney Plus. I just haven't yet. Um, the only reason I want to watch the new one specifically is I. It's not like a sequel, but there are characters like Buzz is in the movie, for example. So um, I, I kind of want to see it just to see how they like link it to the original two films. Um, but the reason this doesn't like I could watch the reason this doesn't this is an honorable mention is because I can watch the Home Alone films at any time of the year because they're just good movies. But they happen to be on around Christmas time. That's when they're on TV. The most is around Christmas time. But, you know, if you were to throw it on like randomly in the middle of July, I'd probably still watch it because <laughs> they're just good movies. So. Absolutely. It's kind of funny. We kind of match with this honorable mention because I picked Home Alone <laughs> for my next oh, honorable right. mention as well. And the reason this is an honorable mention is I watch this most Christmas seasons. It's not like I don't have a tradition around this movie, though. I don't make a point to watch it every year, but I usually tend to catch it at least once a year around Christmas. And uh, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Like, it's just a classic Um the story's great. It's hilarious. Um, the music is amazing. Um, I mean, we've talked about this movie before, but no, it's just a great film. And it's like I said, I typically do watch it every Christmas season, but it's not something that I have a tradition baked into or anything like that. So sweet. All right. So my first pick for the night is uh, Scrooged. Oh, nice. I, I absolutely love this movie. It's, you know, if you don't know it, it's a dark take on uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Uh, Bill Murray plays a TV exec who essentially is your Ebenezer Scrooge character of the story. And uh, he gets, you know, it's it's literally a Christmas Carol. Um, it's the movie is absolutely hilarious. They basically did a modern comedy version of the original and it's hilarious all the way through some great one-liners um it's a dark telling um i really like those darker christmas movies i really do um but uh yeah this this pops on amc every now and then uh around christmas time and it's one that i just have to watch and it's one that i'll put on for background i'm like oh scrooge design like i don't care if there's little kids in the room scrooge design. <laughs> you know what i mean um 
it's it's just a great movie altogether. And uh, it, there's a handful of stuff that I just like, oh, that's on. And you just stop flipping channels. So, yeah, <laughs> I know I've talked about screws before. That's why I like a lot of these. I don't need to go t- into too big depth conversation. We've talked about them on our Christmas episodes before, too. So, yeah, this one's just a this is a great pick. It doesn't make my list, but it's one of those ones that I wish I had a, more of a tradition to watch this every year. Uh, but this is just a great Christmas movie. And uh I love the dark take on it. Um, I think Danny Elfman did the music for this movie, um, yeah. which is pretty great as well, because Danny Elfman, I, I think there's a couple Christmas songs that have more of that darker tone to them. Like I always think of Carol of the Bells is probably the most obvious one. And I feel like Danny Elfman kind of fits in that uh, realm of things musically a little bit, which is pretty cool. But no, this is a great pick. And this is one that I love this movie and I wish I wish this made my list because I kind of want to have more of a tradition of watching this movie every year. <laughs> if that um, makes sense. The the Danny Elfman of the Danny Elfman score, the opening theme is by far one. It's one of my favorite Christmas pieces. Um, it's it's very Christmassy, but there's also like this dark, ominous like feel to it when you're listening to it. Like something's going to go down like it's <laughs> but it's yeah. awesome. Like, I absolutely love it. The opening theme is just phenomenal. Um, all right, man, what's your first pick? Yeah. So speaking of Danny Elfman, uh, my first pick is actually The Nightmare Before Christmas. And uh, this is a movie I've I've always loved this movie ever since the first time I saw it when I was a kid. But honestly, like this movie, the last couple years of my life has kind of become more of a go to Christmas film. And it's one of those things where. It starts around Halloween when when you're like, I want to watch something Halloween ish and spooky. But, you know, I want something want to watch something that's okay for the kid to be in the room for. And then it's like Nightmare Before Christmas is such a good go to because it's just it's such a fun film. You know, there's nothing in it too terrible that I don't want my kid to see. And then also like the music is just great. So, you know, it's it's even good to put on and then just have in the background so you can, you know, you can clean the house while listening to it and stuff, because like I said, the music is all just so catchy and so good. Um, But then, of course, once Halloween passes, this movie is honestly the perfect transition into the rest of the holidays, which is pretty great. Um, like it's pretty obvious, uh, you know, that it's a good transition from Halloween to Christmas, but really like, this is a movie that it's not really like that. I have a tradition around it, but I'm going to guess every holiday season, I watch this movie at least five or six times. And I'm saying at least, you know, nowadays that it's just readily available on Disney plus and it's just a good go-to that my family's been using for the fat the last couple of years so yeah I don't know if you have any oh. thoughts on this pick Drew but this is uh yeah no, that's my first I mean, it's, pick. it's a great movie common misconception Tim Burton did not direct this movie um it was like Henry Shekel I think is how you pronounce that guy's last name um yeah um but yeah Daniel score his him doing the lyrics and everything um it is a tim burton produced and tim burton like art or style and all that stuff because he was heavily involved but he just didn't direct it um it is a movie it's weird i always think this is the best uh thanksgiving movie because it bridges holidays <laughs> absolutely um but yeah um good pick good call um all right so which one should i go with next <clears throat> all right uh christmas vacation um awesome National we, we matched on this one, by the All way. Right. Um, I absolutely love this. Um, hang on a second. Um, so that's great. So now I have to type that. Um, 
and try and talk at the same time. Good job. Um, no, <laughs> uh, this movie, um, I absolutely love this movie. It's becoming more and more of a must watch around the holidays for me. Um, and I think it's because I'm an adult, not because I'm getting the humor more, but because I'm getting that idea of trying to be with everyone during the holidays. And then, you know, Thanksgiving seems to be the holiday. Everyone just assumes that that's where like families fight and argue. And that's like the bad holiday. Um, but I feel like that's also a uh, truth about Christmas as well. And it's becoming more and more evident of Christmas, if you will. <laughs> um, so, and, and, uh, Christmas vacation cap captures that perfectly. Um, I don't know if you agree or whatnot, but it just, that's how it kind of made sense to me. And I was like, that's so like kind of perfect, um, how it like kind of sums itself up. Um, thoughts on this movie? No, I, I love this movie. This is a movie that, um, growing up, like when I was younger, I considered this like my all time favorite Christmas movie. Cause I just thought it was so funny and stuff. And then, you know, I went through high school and by the time I was, you know, a junior, senior in high school, I just was becoming, you know, this contrarian sort of uh, teen angst sort of kid who was like, I'm kind of sick of Christmas vacation. You know, I already know all the jokes. I already get it and stuff. And uh, like you said, it's one of those movies that over time I've just started coming back to more and more. And I get more appreciation out of it now because there are all these old jokes that I used to love. But as you watch it, and especially when you get older and have more life experience, you start to notice some of the subtleties in the film and some of the characters um, <laughs> like disdains for each other and stuff like kind of more in the even in the unspoken lines, just the mannerisms of the characters on film and stuff. But this movie is like I, I really, really love this one. This might be this might have reclaimed the top spot as my favorite uh Christmas movie, even though there was a while in my late teens where I wasn't the biggest fan of it. But uh, no, great pick. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. There's, I know we've talked about it one, before. There's one scene that bugs me. Um, and that's and not because it and not because it bothers me in the sense of I don't like the scene because um, there's some funny parts in it. But there's it bugs me in the realm of it's a little too far fetched. For everything okay. else that happens in the movie. And that's the sledding scene. Um, <laughs> it's everything leading up to him sledding is funny. But then yeah. when he gets on the sled and goes, you're just like, yeah, OK. <laughs> it's just it's just a little too much. But so for the for that movie. I think you're right where that joke's a little bit too fantastical. It's a little bit out of place. But if you compare that to I think European Vacation was the last uh, National Lampoon's movie before that one. And that movie has a lot of just crazy, ridiculous jokes that I think that sledding joke would fit more well. And so I think I think that joke isn't that out of place when you look at the series as a whole. But, yeah, I do agree for that movie. It is a bit <laughs> a bit out there for that movie for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, man. Uh, so I guess it's my pick again because we matched and I have a feeling we're going to match several times. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, look, we're trying. It's the holidays. We're just talking about stuff we like and we want to go watch this. And I might go throw on Christmas vacation while I fall asleep. Who knows? Um, so. Hmm, all right. The next three, I don't really know what order to put them in. So um, I'm just going to go with a Christmas story, uh, which I assume we match on. Yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> 
And so <laughs> what you're doing right now, by the way, you're taking the ones that the ones that I were sa- was saving for last. You're going to, you know, make me talk about now and then I'm going to have really ridiculous picks for last. But that's OK. Keep going. <laughs> All right. Well, I, so there's there's a reason I'm not I wasn't saving this. Much. So Christmas Story, I absolutely love this movie. I always have everything about this movie is funny. And every time I watch it, I'm always it, it there's so many scenes that even though I've seen the scene a thousand times, you're still laughing at it. And when I say seen it a thousand times, they run the 24 mar- hour marathon on Christmas Eve and you just watch it over and over and over again. The problem I have with that marathon is every time that it's on, I don't get to watch it in its entirety. I get I get I catch like one or two scenes. And then those are the two scenes I see on repeat. <laughs> because you go to turn the TV on and like, oh, Christmas story's on. And then you end up watching that scene again. And then someone's like, oh, turn this off. You know what I mean? So, um, so I like, it's just, we've seen it too many times. Like, can you change channel kind of thing? Um, yeah. But I love this movie, everything about it. And it's like, we've all been in Ralphie's shoes. We've all wanted the one thing for Christmas. And we go to extreme lengths to make sure we're good and making sure Santa knows that we've done everything right. And making sure, you know, moms, aunt, dads, aunts, uncles, grandparents, Santa Claus, everyone knows you want it. So you get it. Um, the uh, I will recommend um, reading the novel. Um, and God, we trust all others, all others pay cash. That is the novel that the Christmas story is based off of. Uh, the novel is absolutely amazing. Um, I had such a fun time reading it. Uh, the reason I started reading the novel was because, um, one of my favorite parts about the Christmas story movie is the narration. Um, the narrator, uh, has a lot of things that he says verbally. He, he narrates several parts of the film and, those narrations come directly from the novel. And when I found that out, I was like, Ooh, I kind of want to read the novel. Cause I always liked his narrations. Cause that's some of the funniest parts of the movie, in my opinion. So I was like, let's read the book. The book is astounding. Uh, and it covers other stuff. It's not just Christmas. It covers like 4th of July and a few other like big family moments within that family and those characters. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, God, we trust all of us pay cash by Gene Shepard. Uh, do you have anything to say on that one? No, I just think it's I kinda, awesome. I kind of went on a roll there. Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I haven't read that book myself, but I think it's awesome that you brought up that the narration is just so closely lifted from the book. And because of that reason, I've always said that uh, a Christmas story is really the fight club of Christmas movies. No, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm totally joking about that. But uh, no, this is a great film. And this is one that I try to make sure I watch it every year. And if I don't get the chance to, I can always catch up on those TBS marathons <laughs> on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, because this movie just embodies Christmas for me. And it's not even just the main plot. I think this movie just exudes a very relatable sort of uh, feeling of Christmas that I think like a lot of us get while growing up and stuff because of the I, I think because of the re- relatability to Ralphie, like you were just uh, you know, touching on, but also because of just the really just the tone and the feeling of this movie. And uh, this movie's classic. And I just really love I feel like I talk to more and more people um, as the years go on who don't really like this movie or don't understand why people like it. And I think this movie has a very dry sort of humor, which I absolutely love. And I think like I think it's a certain certain people don't like this movie because they don't have that dry. They don't appreciate that dry humor, which I think is kind of unfortunate. But so many of the jokes are based more on 
people's mannerisms and uh, the way people react to things. And even like, I guess just a lot of unspoken parts of this movie <laughs> are some of the parts where I just think are the most hilarious aspects. So I love this movie. I think it's genius. I think it's great. I don't know what more to say. We've talked about it before. I'm sure we'll talk about it many more times. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right. Uh, I guess that's my next one. Um, I'm going to go with Die Hard. Nice. Did we match on this one, too? No, we didn't. We Die Hard just barely didn't make my list. But uh, so and, and, and really, that's just because I don't have a tradition around it. Is that okay. that's the only thing. But I got you. Well, Die Hard, is it a Christmas movie or not a Christmas movie? I say it is, Peter. I mean, your friend said yes, so I just have to go with that. <laughs> no, I've always I've always thought of this as a Christmas movie. Definitely. Here's the thing. I understand that the overall content is not Christmas, but. It's a Christmas party, Christmas decorations, Christmas songs, um, several references to Christmas, several references to Santa Claus, several Christmas trees. Like it takes place on Christmas Eve. Like it's a Christmas movie. Okay, it's, you know, Jurassic World, the first one of the Jurassic World movies is a Christmas movie because at the beginning of the movie, you find out that the kids are taking their Christmas break to go visit their aunt who helps run the park. So they're spending their Christmas at the park. That is the only reference to Christmas is at the very beginning of the movie. But it's like, ha, ah, a Christmas movie. Well, Jurassic World is definitely <laughs> not a Christmas movie in comparison to the way Die yeah. Hard. Um, but I absolutely love Die Hard. And um, it's, it's I don't want to say it's a tradition to watch it. But if it's but if I can watch it around Christmas time, I do. I absolutely love this movie. Um, I've talked about it before. It's such a like I top and bottom. I love this movie. Um, I can hear your kid. He's awake. <laughs> Um, yeah. um yeah absolutely sorry about that no it's okay uh, don't worry about it <laughs> um so uh however we're recording late so have fun with that when we're done um <laughs> yeah i don't know if you have anything to add about die hard uh i know the die hard's gonna come up several times as we talk through uh other stuff on this show and we've talked about it before so i don't want to go too long on die hard but um yeah, this yeah. is just a this is just a classic badass action movie. Like it's it's such a great film. And I think because it has the Christmas co uh, connection, there's always that excuse to watch it around the holidays. So I love this film. Like you've said, we've talked about it before, so I don't want to say too much. But yeah, uh, definitely a great pick. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, what do you got for uh, your next one? Yeah. So uh, for my next pick, I'm going to go with. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 Jim Carrey film. And uh, this one's actually kind of to my chagrin because I'm not the biggest fan of this film, but uh, my my wife loves it and watches it repeat on repeat every Christmas season. <laughs> so <laughs> this is one of those ones that, yes, it's Christmas time. Like, I have to watch this movie for it to be Christmas, but I'm not the biggest fan. And I can clarify I think Jim Carrey does a great job. Like, I think his performance is really good. I enjoy the production design. I enjoy the art design. There's a lot of aspects of this movie I love. My problem with it is they took a story. They took like a half an hour story and stretched it, stretched it out to two hours. And if you watch that film and you think about the amount of filler they had to put in that film, there is just so many scenes that are just really unnecessary to the whole plot. And there's so many moments where, yeah, there's some really funny Jim Carrey jokes, but it's just not, I guess, just not needed. I think I think they, 
it's just way too much filler in that film. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Even though there's aspects that I do really enjoy, way too much filler. So this one's a little bit too. Yes, this is a movie that I watch every year, but I get a little. It gets a little tedious for me, I guess. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Drew. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> for all you Grinch stole Christmas fans out there, I can't stand this movie. <laughs> um, I, Peter and I grew up loving the Dr. Seuss book, like loving that book. Um, yeah, and not just because it's a good book, but on sentimental values as well. And that half an hour animated Grinch film that they have, uh, which is just hand drawn regular animation, in my opinion, is the best representation of that novel uh, or that novel, that book. And then yeah. uh, and then you find out they're doing a Jim Carrey's doing the Grinch and they're going to stretch it two hours. You're like, oh, this will be kind of cool. And then you watch it. And I'm just like, I just, literally like I, I just I'm like, well, oh, great. This tastes like sugar and broken dreams. So I just <laughs> um, I just I, I can't stand the movie. It's just like it's a, I, I just feel like it's a complete like slap in the face of what that beloved story is. Um, but maybe that's because I'm too close to it. I don't know. I don't know. Topher um, Grace will do an edit of it. That'll change your mind, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have watched the newer animated Grinch movie and it's not that bad. It. They definitely take some liberties, but overall, it's a pretty it's a better I think it's better than the Jim Carrey one. So, OK, nice. I've seen the beginning of that one and I did notice there were certain aspects of it and I can't put my finger on it right now. But there's certain I don't know if it was just different characters they showed and stuff where I was just like, that doesn't really feel like Dr. Seuss to me. But uh, maybe I'll give it another another watch. Like I said, I only saw like the first 15, 20 minutes of the film. So, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. hard to comment too much. Um, all right, man, I guess that's my final pick. Okay. Um, this is a Christmas special. Uh, it was like an hour long Christmas special. I'm specifically referring to the Muppets family Christmas. Oh, such a good pick. This is literally like probably my all time favorite Christmas thing (laughs) to watch. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I had to, I literally had to go on a wild goose chase, kind of a hunt to track it down on DVD, just to own a copy of this thing. Um, it's 40 minutes long is literally the Muppets. And I've talked about my love for the Muppets, but it's the Muppets, including Sesame street and Fraggle rock and like all the facets of it. And they're all getting together for their big Christmas, um, dinner gathering, whatever gift exchange. Um, but it's all the Muppet hilarity in terms of their jokes and their one liners. And it's got heart to it. And they sing a bunch of Carol. They sing a bunch of Christmas songs. And it's just fun from the beginning to end. And it's one that I have to watch every single year for it to be Christmas. For, um, and my kid loves it, too. And he'll be like, dude, when are we going to watch Muppets? And I'm like, soon, dude. And it's literally like soon. <laughs> we just got to like get to the end of the week because this other stuff going on. But it's one that I have to watch every single year. Um, I know I've talked about it in the past, but if you can get a chance to watch it, it's called the Muppets family Christmas. It's absolutely amazing. So, and Jim Henson's in it, which, you know, him being the creator of the Muppets, it's good to see that old face again. So, no, this is, um, this is a great pick. This is another one, like a Christmas story where I feel like the, just the feel of this Christmas special, just, it just exudes the Christmas holiday spirit that you'd really want to have. Um, this is a, this is a special I haven't, I honestly haven't watched in quite some time. So I'd like to revisit it, but 
and that's you know part of the reason like i think it's a great pick but it didn't make my list because of that but i think it is such a good uh pick and i do really like that uh the set for the special is uh how it, it takes place around a uh, a blizzard that's going on outside and you get you end up getting basically all the muppets all hunkered down while there's this blizzard going on and i think the harsh weather really lends to that sort of winter sort of like well it's really brutal outside so we're just going to hunker down we're going to cuddle up around the campfire and i think that sort of it just really exudes that togetherness and that family like holiday spirit which i really love besides you know not to mention you know there's some great jokes and there's i love that the fraggles come into play and stuff like that but uh no this is just a great pick overall so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um all right dude uh what's your final pick of the night <laughs> yeah my final pick um and i did not mean for this to be my last one which is kind of funny i was actually going to talk about this one right after nightmare before christmas but uh i guess my final I pick is jingle sorry. No, it's all good. My final pick is Jingle All the Way, <laughs> the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where <laughs> okay. he uh, he is madly searching for a Turbo Man doll because that's the one thing his kid wants for Christmas and he can't find any of them. And it's Christmas Eve and uh, chaos ensues from there. And the reason I picked this film, I actually talked about this pretty recently. We did a favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie uh, list and I talked about this m movie on that episode. But the reason why this really makes my list is it really is a tradition in uh, like my family and especially like my wife's extended family. Like this is a big go to for them. And it's a movie that I actually never saw as a kid, but watching it as an adult, I just <laughs> have so much appreciation because a lot of it's just super goofy. But there are some really great moments. I really love um, I love this sort of camaraderie slash rivalry between uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character and uh, Sinbad's character in this movie because they have so much of a like they're going to work together when they have to but then they're going to be cutthroat when they have to as well because <laughs> they're both you know working towards the same goal and you know if if Sinbad can get the uh, can get that Turbo Man doll he's going to be really cutthroat towards Arnold and vice versa and I just think it's it's a goofy film um, but I just think this movie is just so hilarious and it is one that we watch every single Christmas season and uh, no, it's great. And it has that sort of I mentioned this before, but it has that sort of toy collector superhero connection as well, which I really enjoy. So, yeah, jingle all the way. Yeah. All right. Well, Peter, that's another episode in the can. Um, I was going to spot off a jingle all the way, but I don't really know what to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> and you're more the and you're more the fan on that one than i am so um yeah that's the, another, the, go ahead the funny question i have about that movie is why is it called jingle all the way i think they needed a christmas they probably have the title <laughs> before they wrote the script and then ran from there and you'll um, notice in that you'll notice in that movie they play the song jingle bells like almost every other scene you hear that song but there's oh, no man. other reason for the movie to be called that. I just think it's funny. But anyways, keep going. <laughs> I didn't mean so, to derail you there. Oh, no, it's all good. So there's um, so that kind of brings this episode to the end. Uh, it's another episode in the can for us. Um, again, we wish everyone an absolutely Merry Christmas. And we hope you guys have a wonderful Happy New Year. 
Um, we're going to be here, so uh, we still have shows coming. It's not like we're going anywhere, but um, if you need this show for your drive, um, I think we're going a little extra long tonight for the sake of, uh, yeah, we're about normal episodes. So as long, if you got a long drive, uh, maybe this will be your uh, listening to the car. Uh, any final words, Peter, before we close this out? No. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Um, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, hope Santa Claus brings everyone some good stuff. And um, yeah. Um, all right. So um, let's uh, close this out, man. So do us all a favor, everyone. Um, check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on the sh- hit us up there. Uh, social media email. Either way works. Uh, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. And um, uh, you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, uh, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be saying, yippee Kaye, you filthy animals. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Everyone, for Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And Merry Christmas. And uh, see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>